Welcome to this week's episode of Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice box. Oh boy. And it is June in Middle Tennessee. Damn, it is June. It is June. It is hot as shit outside. And most of you out there, uh, if you live in Nashville, know about Nashville, or have been part of this city for the last, uh, I don't know, 20, 30, up to 50 years, I'm not 50. know not 50. Okay, fair enough. But you know that June brings more than just the heat to Nashville and Middle Tennessee. And when I say that, I'm talking two of the biggest things that happen in our city or the proximity of our city every single year. That is sweat hogs. <laughs> no. You're not far off. <laughs> Oh, if you haven't picked up on it by now, we are talking CMA Fest and Bonnaroo Music Festival. Fight to the death. <laughs> Fight to the death. These are two of the biggest things that, uh, to be honest with you, have affected my life. And I'm happy to be able to talk about them today. Uh, I'm excited to get into how both of these festivals were created. Okay. Some stats on the festivals. And uh, 1.9. <laughs> What is that? What uh, percentage? Okay, I don't know. St- it stats. It's just what numbers. One point nine. How many mm-hmm. deaths happen at Bonnaroo every year? Five point six. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going with one point nine. Oh, okay. Got, yeah, got you got weren't far point. off there for a little while. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well. Oh, so these are two major, major events in music, and they both happen really close to where we live, and they've been going on for quite a while. One much longer than the other, but um, you kind of want to raise them together, you know, in this podcast. So for those I of you. you who have just attended CMA Fest here in Nashville or or uh, making your trek to Middle Tennessee to attend Bonnaroo Music Festival that starts this Thursday, um, you might want to know a little bit about a music festival, especially if it's your first time. So this week's episode, I wanted to come up with a title for, and since we're covering two music festivals and kind of comparing and contrasting, um, hopefully they don't get in a fight one day, I right. think, unless they already have, and I'll get into that. But I like to call this Home Sweet Home, A Tale of Two Festivals. Okay. And this, we need like some sort of little music banner it, there. So yeah, it was like, the, the the piano from the beginning was, of the like, Motley Crue song. It yeah. was the best of times. It was the worst <laughs> of times. So uh, with the Tale of Two Festivals, you kind of have to know how they started. And what I wanted to do for those of you who have just attended CMA Fest or are about to attend, attend Bonnaroo or, or driving and flying to Nashville and just want some shit to listen to because we probably tagged everything under the sun that has to do with these subjects. Uh, yeah. We're going to start with the older brother of the music festivals is what I'm going to call it. And that is uh, the Country Music Association Festival, originally entitled Fanfare. And oh, for Fanfare, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, okay. you knew We that. grew up you, with Fanfare. Yeah, 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 you knew Fanfare. CMA Fest is not new. It's been around for a long time. It's just changed names. Right. And if you're a local from Nashville, then you have been hearing for Fanfare since you were born. It's like one of the things you wanted to do going downtown was to go to Fanfare. It was safe. It was like that and Summer Lights, which is another one-off festival. 
1972, WSM, which is uh, one of the oldest radio stations in the country that ran the Grand Old Opry, uh, created Fanfare. The reason is kind of interesting if you don't know this story. Money. <laughs> Yet, <laughs> originally not, which is surprising. Oh. So... Uh, they created fanfare so fans would stop showing up to a radio industry-only convention that happened every year. So since the like 30s and 40s, they would have these conventions in Nashville where uh, they would invite radio hosts to showcase these artists so they would play them on their radio stations all the way across the country because that's how you had to do it, which yeah. is insane that is so to think about. Like You yeah. fly all these people in to go to these concerts to say, okay, that person's good. I'm going to play them, you know, on my radio station. Hmm. Um, so they did this every year. And in 1972, it got so bad that there were like up to 10,000 people outside of this hotel where they were holding this convention, trying to get in to see, you know, uh, who was popular in the seventies. I'd say like Mer- Merle Haggard and like Conway 20 Dolly Parton parliament. Okay. Real quick, I'm sorry. How long did it go on when it was just behind the scenes? Like it was, years? it was like a twenty, twenty to twenty or thirty year convention. Oh um, wow! Yeah, you'd think somebody had been like, dude, why don't we just yeah, let's make some why money? Why did it take them that long? Yeah. yeah. To so out like how the first one, they're driving dirt roads to get to Nashville to go to this thing. Yeah, I'm just no. thinking why the why the festival people weren't like, dude, let's do this and charge these fucks. Yeah. I mean these people. Yep. These. They didn't think about that. They just wanted to keep them out because they were interrupted. Right. Um, So in 1972, 5,000 fans showed up to the first ever fanfare at Municipal Auditorium. It was held one day on a Wednesday night because this is right in the middle of this convention and they could still get their radio host in to see the, you know, the main attractions. Um, There were 20 hours of live entertainment that day so it like literally went all the way through the night until the last artist was you know stopped playing at municipal at municipal auditorium it stayed there for actually 10 years it grew but in 1975 three years after the creation of fanfare or cma music festival paul mccartney performed in 1972 paul mccartney performed at cma fest so this is billy shears though with 1972 So No, it was Paul McCartney solo. He was so into this two-year-old festival that he wanted to come play. This would have been four years removed from his death. His death. No, it's more than that. He didn't play the first year. He played the third year in 1975. Oh, wait a minute. Seven years since he's been decapitated. Okay, seven years. So Billy Shears. Billy Shears. So I guess Billy Shears was like more of a country music fan probably and that like, he was yeah, finally yeah. just like, all right, cool, I can finally do this. Like most, <laughs> yeah, like most semi-okay artists, you know, they're like, well, I better just try country towards I, I've fucked up on other stuff, I'll just do country now. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. <laughs> so, um, 10 years after the creation of Fanfare from 1972, 1982, it got so big that it had to move to the Tennessee State Fairgrounds, and they created stages and played inside that racetrack. That is still there today. Um, they're trying to bring NASCAR back. They're building a new soccer stadium next to it, and it mo- it moved from like one day to two days, but still in the middle of the week, like a Wednesday and Thursday. Um, stays at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds until uh, two thousand one. So it was there for quite a while. Uh, Dang, people were going out there. Okay. A notable notable. 
thing that happened during Fanfare that I read. It's a fun fact for you guys out there. In 1996, Garth Brooks, this is the height of Garth Brooks, right? Garth Brooks shows up to this Fanfare and signs autographs for 23 hours and 10 minutes straight. Damn. Still holds a Fanfare record. He said that he would not stop signing autographs until every single fan had left. It took almost an entire day for that to happen. Dang, that's that's impressive. You think I, I bet uh, there were record sales of those like dual color shirts he used to wear. <laughs> I bet yeah. like he had like a, a shirt rack beside it. Like I'll sign this autograph, and they're like selling Garth Brooks shirts, <laughs> and he's just killing it. I'll autograph it. You have to buy this Maybe. shirt. Strongly suggested you but buy this shirt. One of the things that I was reading about it was, um, first off, I, I saw that Garth Brooks thing too, and it said he did it for 23 hours and 10 minutes without taking a single break. Like, how is Impossible. that possible? Yeah. Impossible. Is he just peeing his pants that Whiskey. day or something? Like, they got it. Well, I just wanted to say real quick, like <laughs> they probably maybe they were selling merch, but like these artists aren't paid for these appearances, right? They weren't. No, they. Like, this even isn't for performing. Th- yeah, this isn't like that. a fanfare that you would see today with like uh, Marvel or Comic Con right, or whatever. Right, You're right. not paying to take a picture. They're just taking these pictures. But you remember back in like the 80s and 70s, they had those. Um, what are they? The headshot like glossy things yeah. that you could buy yeah. and get. A, oh yeah, yeah. Head, yeah. Um, I, I bet to, there are tons of those. I'm trying to get me one of those. So a glossy headshot of Garth Brooks of me. Uh, I've, I've tried to hand him out to like diners and stuff just to see if I can get like a free meal. God. Um, what? So <laughs> what, what's like, hey, you want my headshot? And I'll just act like I'm somebody. I, I'm interested on the play on that. Yeah, like like I'll for be a meal. Piccadilly Here's Cafe. Head... I'll be like, well, you know, hey, you want my headshot? <laughs> Here's the headshot. Can I get an egg sandwich? Can I get that fish fillet for free? So, in 2001, Fanfare actually went from a weekday event to a four-day weekend event. So, it started on a Thursday and went to a Sunday in 2001, Mm. outgrew the uh, Tennessee State Fairgrounds, moved downtown, used certain venues down there that were currently being built, like uh, Bridgestone Arena. Uh, First Avenue, they they put um, stages down on Riverfront. Uh, Yeah, so... um, they moved it to a four-day event, and this is kind of where I want to stop because if you are in this podcast to hear about Bonnaroo, and I'm just rambling on about CMA Fest. Um, you want me to talk about Bonnaroo? <laughs> <laughs> You're just looking at me. So but- before we jump off of it, I just another thing I brought up that I found, or that I saw that I found interesting. They said that they changed the name from Fanfare to CMA Fest because the name Fanfare had like some kind of negative association with it or something one we're not jumping off of it we're coming back i'm just taking a break okay Uh, the reason i'm taking a break is because 2001 is when cma moved to a four-day festival and what came the very year after that Mm. i'm guessing bonnaroo right one of the things that has completely shaped my life opryland that too but another thing started in 2002 down about an hour and 15 minutes south of us in manchester tennessee yes the first time i ever saw string cheese was at the first bonnaroo Oh my God! It's I've, I'm all right. I'm paying Crazy, attention huh? now. I'm paying um, attention now. So Bonnaroo was created in 2002, um, and just to to mention a few things before I get into it, uh, Bonnaroo stands for uh, a really good time. That is the Creole word for a really good time. We hmm. gonna go down there. Have a- <laughs> <laughs> please continue. Please get through that. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, we gonna go down now. Have a really good time. <laughs> we gonna go down to have a Bonnaroo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. So in 2002, Bonnaroo was created by AC and Superfly Productions. Ashley Caps it was a longtime producer uh, of music events and, and things like that, but on, on a very, very small level. And he was friends with a guy named Jonathan Mayers, which was Superfly Productions. So you have... AC Entertainment, Superfly Productions, basically just two dudes. They used to save up all their money and go over to Europe to go to festivals, and they were obsessed with you know music festivals that they were doing in Europe that they did not have in the United States at the hmm. time. Um, the only thing that we had to like look back on and that Bonnaroo kind of initially compared to was Woodstock. So Bonnaroo was created by these two guys, and they were inspired by music, European music festivals, and New Orleans music culture. Because one of the guys was from New Orleans, one was from Knoxville, mm-hmm. um, and Superfly Productions actually put on Jazz Fest prior to Bonnaroo. Oh so wow! So they've, they've been doing Jazz Fest for a long time, and it's four guys that like were huge Fish fans, like not the swim, but the band Um, and they had been living like they're from new orleans they've been putting on this these productions for a long time um but they were just four guys that were in their 20s and they but they didn't i don't understand that because they didn't definitely didn't start jazz fest jazz fest is like 50 years old or something they handled the production side of it so it's superfly productions was the company oh i see okay i I guess they'd been doing it for a couple of years curtis mayfield involved with superfly productions he he is nothing no No, no, okay i just had to ask (laughs) so uh ashley caps and jonathan Mayers, aka ac and superfly productions um, they were actually, the time that they released, they were ready to do this thing, right? So they go to Coffee County. That's Manchester, uh, you know, right outside of Nashville. So they go to Coffee County and they say, hey, we found this property down here. They meet with the mayor, the mayor of Coffee County. And he said, you guys are idiots. Like, you're never going to be able to pull this off. We're in the middle of nowhere. Traffic, you know, is a nightmare. There's one way in, one way out. Like, that's it. He was like, even so much more that they did not know this. They put on a music festival there three years prior in 1999 that was a massive failure. Hmm. And this, and do you want to know the name of what that music festival was? Yes, I do. Itchy Coo. What? Which is Creole for a bad time. <laughs> now, don't well, go it, down there. Now you have an Itchy Coo. Itchy <laughs> Ichiku. Ichiku Festival in 99. So they put on this music festival. Uh, about 10,000 people showed up. They were expecting a shitload more. In fact, the original flyer for Ichiku said there was 25,000 camping spots. So in 99, Ichiku Music Festival. You want to hear the headliners of this? Rick Springfield, Sammy Hagar, Blue Oyster Cult, Styx, Grand Funk Railroad, Heart. So it is a bad time. It does sound like a bad time. <clears throat> Um, no wonder it failed, but these guys found this farm, which they knew a music festival had happened on. And they, they convinced the mayor to say, yes, you can have this music festival here. You figure it out. Um, it's crazy. They go back home and they are scared to death. They released the tickets of this. They've been pumping it forever. Right. So they initially get widespread panic on board because some guy knows some guy and they were like, we can get this name. So they build all this. This is during the time that uh, fish is on a hiatus. So they get Trey Anastasio, which is the lead singer of fish. 
to do a one-off too. And then they convince like the remnants of some Grateful Dead to do the third. And then they have this undercard, right? It's not very big, maybe 20 bands total. So they were like, holy shit, what's going to happen? They open it online. And I remember personally being at my friend Michael's parents' house and I remember the bedroom where we were all online trying to buy tickets to this thing. We didn't know what it was. We just knew we wanted to do it, right? So they sold, they go online, they sell 12,000 tickets in the first day. And they sold out in two weeks. And they sell out and they were like, man, we were expecting to sell like 5,000 tickets in a month. Like, because they released this thing, you know, six months before you know, it's supposed to happen. Sure. Um, so I sell out there like, oh shit. So it really turns into a fire festival type I got story. You. Sure. Right? Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, man, they're about to Billy man to this, <laughs> this thing. <laughs> if they, but uh, clearly they didn't, they cared. Right. The only snafu in this story, which kind of reminded me of the fire festival story is the fact that they, they needed uh, water. N- n- <laughs> no, they did not need oh. water. <laughs> Um, so they approached the chief of police and said, Hey, I think since we have so many people coming in such a short window, we should change the traffic patterns to do this and do that. And the chief of police was like, no, no, we got it. This is our town, our County. We, we know what we're doing. They were like, okay. I thought you were going to say they approached the chief of police and were like, hey, there might be some drugs. Are you cool? Like, I thought that's what you were really going to say. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how'd that I work? would assume that would be implied, but I actually have a story about that. Let me tell in a okay, second. Okay, cool. So I attended the first Bonnaroo and, you know, I got my tickets. I was excited. How much were tickets? I can't remember. I want to say there were like, to maybe $200, $175, which was really expensive for us because I was, what, a sophomore in college, like when Bonnaroo started? Yeah. You, so so you, you paid? I, I did pay. The that first, first year. year that oh, first year. Okay. Uh, I got smart after that first year. How how did they promote it? So, Because, like, I mean, there wasn't social media then. Like, So how did this word of mouth about this festival even spread around? Like, So the big three, I mean... It, Fish was big, but they were on hiatus. So it was a free-for-all for these undercard jam bands. And that, and I know you hate me saying this, but it was like widespread panic. People split between widespread panic and the string cheese incident. Right, right. And then it went down from there. There were like the under, undercard jam bands. And all of those people, you went to see the concerts all the time. They were talking about it. There were flyers out at every parking lot you went to. Oh, okay. Um, Dave you know, Matthews Band, too, right? But there see, was also I the lived, internet. I lived through that, and I just don't remember. Like... It it's so hard to remember how that how well you didn't that like happened. that kind of music well like no any, I, I mean I'm not yeah that's but, true but I'm still saying just like finding out about shows through like flyers and posters and just oh, yeah. you know like right I lived word in of a, mouth I lived in a house of hippies and I don't I mean I didn't know until you went that, you know what I mean that, but I guess I guess like any good time right what does it stand for you again do. you what do. does it stand for again Bonner? a really good time right like any Bonner like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to stop. So to get back to the traffic patterns, um, mm-hmm. I remember I was there at that first Bonnaroo. It took us, I am not lying to you, 14 hours to get into that festival. We were on the side of the interstate. We were on back roads. They were focusing or uh, mm-hmm. forcing us around these certain areas. And we were stopped for like 
four hours at a time. Like, and we were just sitting, I mean, it was like Woodstock. We were sitting on top of the cars. People are walking up and down, like just trying to sell you beer or just give you beer. Damn. Um, so the, a funny story about that, that first year, which to be honest with you, the next, the, the chief of police found, uh, Ashley caps after that happened on the second day and said, next year we'll try it your way. Um, with the traffic patterns, with the traffic patterns. So, uh, the funny one little short story is this guy named Steve Mollitz. He's one of the uh, main people in the band particle, which was big back then. Yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. They played super late night shows and things like that. Um, they got stuck in the traffic getting in because back then the artists were going the same way. It was one way in and one way out. Right. right? So, uh, apparently he gets out of his car particle and, uh, the other guys in the band, they start walking up and down where everybody's just parked and hanging out and handing out their CDs for free, asking the people to put them in their CD players and just start playing it. (laughs) Yeah. And then they would trade them for beers and then they literally were, prepared to set up on the side of the interstate to play their show because it was like becoming two hours before their show was supposed to start and they still weren't in wait it was backed up on the interstate oh yeah oh oh, it was on the side of the interstate it was dude yeah that's like a big it was scary yeah um what was worse is it took me 17 hours to get out and i was by myself the first year They fixed it since then. Now Bonnaroo has its like own exit, and you know they've yeah. got it down to a T. Um, oh my god, I would lose my mind if I was coming off a festival and had to be in a car by myself for seventeen hours in traffic. It was insane because I had just done a bunch of acid the night before, right? So I'm completely sober. It was the last night. I had to go all out. I'm completely sober in my car. It's you know, sun's beating down. It's tons of heat. Mm. I think I took one hit off of maybe a one hitter of some weed and I fell asleep, right? So I leaned back in my car, I fall asleep, I had this dream. And I had the dream that the traffic pattern is moving and I literally wake up out of this dream and put it in drive and slam on the gas and hit this U-Haul rental van. <laughs> oh right? my God. So, and it's like two feet in front of me because we have not moved in hours and I was sleeping. So I do this. <laughs> Here's the best part about this story is the guy gets out of the driver's seat of this fucking rental U-Haul van and falls in the grass because he is drunk, like (laughs) hammered drunk. And he can't even carry on a conversation with me, so I knew I was getting out of that one. Wow. Whoa. That was a fun. That was a fun one. But that, I mean, that gets Bonnaroo, you know, started. That's, you know, the first year they get up and running. It's been soaring since then. It's crazy um, to look at, like, I was looking at the number, the attendance numbers. Year one, 70,000 people, or, uh, you know, around that. In two weeks, that. sold I out mean, in two that, weeks. that is insane, like, to just that amount of people descending on a small city that had no, the the only other thing they had was a festival three years before, and not even, ten, what'd you say, 10,000 people? That's yeah, I think, I think the, it's 10,000 people is Manchester's uh, population. No, 10,000 people attended that. It, it, oh, that the, first week. Yeah, the so, crappy. <laughs> maybe in a correlation here, uh, 10,000 people live in Manchester. So that first festival might have just been everybody from Manchester. Just rolling up. They just gave tickets to everybody in town, and that's who was there. Yeah, because nobody wanted to go see Blue Oyster Cult in 1999. Yeah, yeah it's tough. I mean, okay. So Bonnaroo gets it. It starts to soar. You know, every most of you know the story because this is our lifetime. Like, sure, if yeah. you have been to Bonnaroo or you're going to Bonnaroo, you had to have researched it in somewhat. You know, I mean, there have been epic performances over the years. 
down there, a lot of collaborations. And it started as a very hippie music festival, like, you know, jam band scene. Like, there was this scene for about three or four years. And then, you know, in 2005, 2006, they start breaking into a little bit of mainstream uh, artist, which really progressed through like 08 through 12. And then now, I mean, everybody sees what it is. It's everything from, you know, Casey Musgraves to Metallica. It's, you know, anything under the sun. I, I wanted to mention some notable performances at Bonnaroo, and then we'll get back into CMA Fest a little bit. Now, what time of year is Bonnaroo? Uh, the 12th? Bon- Bonnaroo is usually the second weekend in June, and CMA Fest is the first weekend in June. But there were five years, which was like 2013, 2014, 2016, 17, and 18, I believe, where they were held on the same weekend. All right. Last right. year they were on the same weekend? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. they, and they, this is a, their first finally back to splitting weekends, which is a smart move for not only the Nashville International Airport, the city of Nashville, you know, you've got two opportunities to put people in hotels in Nashville mm-hmm. to go down to Bonnaroo instead of like jamming up one weekend. The reason that they uh, split weekends before or went on the same weekend before went back was because Bonnarooians, is that what we're going to call them? Bonnarooians were complaining. <laughs> Say that weird. Mm-hmm. No. I, I don't know. Okay. So they know. were complaining about the heat being in the second weekend in June. They wanted to move it up. So that's, you know, people in. Tennessee have to make those decisions. I got you. So yeah. some of the more epic performances of Bonnaroo, uh, notable shows, notable performances, Beastie Boys' last performance ever was on no stage shit. at Bonnaroo. Huh. Yeah. I had the opportunity to go, but I, I bailed. Um, so uh, White Stripes played there on their last tour ever. Uh, I think only five shows before their last concert that they ever played. There is a big question mark on this next artist. Uh, there, there's a lot of controversy out there with the the artist D'Angelo and a lot of people this kind of sounds somewhat like a tiny mini conspiracy but a lot of people say D'Angelo played his last concert ever at Bonnaroo and then there are others that say that they saw him later that year but I couldn't find any hmm. evidence on it yeah that's not a conspiracy that I really care to dive into <laughs> thank god um uh Another one that that people kind of remember about Bonnaroo is the infamous Kanye West late night set um, where even actors and actresses were there. And uh, I've got friends that were there. I was not there that night. I've been to, I think, 11 or 12 Bonnaroo's, but I wasn't there that night. Um, Kanye West was scheduled to go on stage at 1 a.m. following the headliner that started at 11 And he did not go on stage until 5 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) The best part about that was, and this is a great story for people like us at like the band Jurassic 5, but Charlie Tuna was playing solo in a tent that night, right? So the people start, you know, after an hour, I'm not fucking waiting on Kanye West anymore. I don't care how popular are. I'm going to go see what else is out there, and I'll come back see if you've started playing yet. So uh, Charlie Tuna is playing in this tent, and there he said there were maybe like 500 people under this tent that could fit thousands, Damn. right? And he said by six songs later, it is spilling out into the field outside of his tent because people were so fed up sure. and they wanted to see something. And he goes on mic and thanks Kanye West <laughs> for being an asshole. That's funny. That is, Dude, that's, that's cool. I don't know. Yeah, Charlie Tuna late night set would be awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Because that's some fun. I mean, he makes some fun music. I wonder if his first song on stage was like "Good Morning." Ooh, 
Oh, like what if that's why he didn't start until five in the sunrise, morning? Sunrise, man. Oh man, he's so clever. If it wasn't, if it wasn't his first song, then he's not that clever. Yeah, if you didn't wait four hours, then it wasn't worth it. So I just want to jump in, and another one of uh, the really epic late night sets that everybody's heard about. I feel like is the My Morning Jacket set, and maybe two thousand. Bucky, help me out here. Two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. Okay, yeah. dang, I was even longer ago than I thought. I feel like they played a late night set that just really put them on the map because being from like Lexington and living in Louisville for a while, like we already knew who My Morning Jacket was. You know, they were giant yep. Louisville, and they were they were getting big. Anyway, like up until that point, but I feel like that put him on the map, and then everybody just everybody was on the My Morning Jacket bandwagon for five years or so there. It was unbelievable. I was there. Um, it's one of my favorite Bonnaroo's, and I didn't like My Morning Jacket. I didn't even give them a chance because yeah. all of my friends in college, half of them are from Louisville. They were like, you've got to listen to this band, My Morning Jacket. I just kept passing over it. Mm. So I'm at that Bonnaroo. It is fucking pouring down rain and they play for four hours so much so that like i left to go see other bands came back left to see another band came back still playing right yeah the encore every they go off on stage and encore this is one of the most epic things that has ever happened at bonnaroo right so they start with the piano introduction to home sweet home by motley crew it is pitch black dark on the stage Light comes up. Who's playing the piano? Billy Shears. Zach Galifianakis. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Wow. And he kind of looks like Jim James a little bit. He does, right? Uh, he's got the beard, but he's on stage with a solo Maybe light. It... <laughs> <laughs> was it Zach Galifianakis? <laughs> Maybe you were high. It was, man. And so the light descends over this piano, and he's playing this piano. Then he gets up, right? And the band just goes into it. Uh, it, it, it turns from the most beautiful piano playing from Home Sweet Home Motley Crue to the worst vocal performance I've heard from combined Jim James and Zach Galifianakis. Oh, man. Trying oh. Yeah, to that, sing that through song it. is not in Jim James's range, I don't feel like. Well, it, may, maybe it is. I don't know. You can find it out there. If you guys are looking for it, Zach Galifianakis, uh, My Morning Jacket Encore, Home Sweet Home, 2008 Bonnaroo. I didn't even bring this up. He was dressed like Little Orphan Annie, <laughs> and you were and you were thinking this was like you were thinking it was going to be a an itchy coo, but it turned out to be a Bonnaroo. But then when they started singing, it went back to an itchy coo. <laughs> now, hold on, I got a quick question. Um, are you done with all your performances, epics, or is this is a? Tennis? I am done with the performance. So let me ask one question real quick. Um, bon Jovi has never played at Bonnaroo. Bon Jovi has never played at Bonnaroo. That's disappointing. That's yep. one of the reasons I've never gone. Was there an Eminem? There, there has been an Eminem performance at Bonnaroo. Okay. He headlined. Or am I thinking? I'm thinking somebody. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. So Bonnaroo blows up, right? First couple of years, and we skipped ahead to 2008. But um, in 2004, uh, Fanfare here in Nashville, because of the heat from Bonnaroo and what they were doing, rebranded to the CMA Music Festival, right? In 2007, CMA hit a record 191,000 people that showed up in 2007. The downfall. That's a lot of fanny packs. Mm. Let me let me ask you guys something. Um, have either of you ever been to Bonnaroo or CMA Fest? I've never been to Bonnaroo. Um, I was 
I've been to some stuff like downtown at CMA Fest, and I worked like a video shoot for Jim Beam. But you never 2011. attended. No, I never went to the big concert at L- at uh, Nissan Stadium or LP Field or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I've, I'm the same. I've been. Uh, I haven't been to Bonnaroo, but I've been inadvertently at a CMA Fest. You know, and, and all that. Can you explain inadvertently? Uh, I've been downtown at the time, but you know, it's like you get caught in traffic, and you're like, oh. Man, yeah, because you're in your car shit. on your way home from work, that doesn't mean you attended yeah, right. CMA Fest. So I've been to Bonnaroo twelve times. They've okay. had it for what's what's nineteen minus two? Seventeen years. Seventeen. Mm-hmm. They've had it seventeen times, right? I've been I think twelve, eleven or twelve times. Uh, a lot of times I just go, you know, the first eight I went all weekend and then the last you know four I've been down on a Sunday or something it's very easy uh, for those of you listening in Nashville it is extremely easy to get into Bonnaroo on a Sunday you just drive down there or you just get on Craigslist or whatever app you use in Nashville and people come back on Sunday morning they'll sell you your armband for 30 bucks right sure. you drive down there you pay ten dollars to park in somebody's front yard you have five bucks on you to get in the five bucks per person to get in a golf cart at the edge of Bonnaroo's campgrounds. They take you right to the front door. You go see the concerts, get in that golf cart, back to your cart, you're out. Where right? do you get the drugs? Thirty bucks. The drugs are all. Oh, just it, okay. On the way, there's just people. You're riding in a golf cart. Like, people are just holding out like mushrooms. Ten bucks to park, and then yeah. they'll sell you something there too. That's it. Cool. All right. So notable. Bands that have played both Bonnaroo and CMA Fest. Oh, this is good. Okay. This could so be- we already know Bon Jovi is not on this list. Bon and- Jovi, I don't think, has played either. Is Zach Galifianakis? <sighs> I want Bon Jovi to play something soon. Here, yeah. Bishop, because of you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Zach Galifianakis has probably only played one. Um, uh, Paul McCartney was the most obvious. He headlined Bonnaroo, and he played 1975, a.k.a. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Actually, sorry. It's, yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. I forgot. I should yeah. have said Billy, or you would have you know, you yeah, understood yeah, yeah. then. Yep. Um, a band called Nickel Creek, I think that's bluegrass, slow bluegrass. They were pretty big back in the day. Hmm. Um, Allman Brothers have that's played not, both. Yeah, that's not surprising. Not surprising. Right. Zach Brown Band. That's not surprising. surprising. Yeah. Sturgill? Shooter Jennings. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sturgill has never played CMA Fest. Oh, that's right, because he has that beef with, like, mainstream country Everyone. music. Or, well, <laughs> yeah. So, But he has played Bonnaroo, though, right? He has played. He played last year for the first time ever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and he was on one of the main stages, I think. Uh, Merle Haggard, both Bonnaroo and CMA Fest. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So I bet CMA Fest got good Merle Haggard, and Bonnaroo got dead Merle Better Haggard. Merle, yeah. Better. <laughs> no, better. Uh, Kenny Rogers, uh, also, um, your grandfather. No, my, the people say that my dad looks like Kenny Rogers. You're starting to yeah, shut my the man. fuck up. Um, you do so, kind of have a Kenny Rogers type beard. Oh yeah. my God. All right. So uh, after a few beers, you get the rosy cheeks. You're it's happening. God. So one of my favorite performances ever from Bonnaroo was on a Sunday afternoon. Kenny Rogers played in a tent and, um, Lionel Richie came out with him and then played all night long and people are getting down in the sand. It was great. So later on that night, I go see Fish headline two sets on the main stage. Sunday night, lasting Bonnaroo. Uh, we're, we're halfway through the first set and they say we want to bring out a special guest. Fucking Kenny Rogers comes out with Fish and they play mm. the gambler. One of the worst things I've ever seen on a stage at Bonnaroo. Huh. It was entertaining because I was... Was he dressed like Orphan Annie? To me, that... (laughs) 
I took a sip of beer oh, at the yeah. wrong moment. <laughs> oh, oh let's round it out. Cheryl Crow was the final oh, final person no, to play Bonnaroo. Kid Rock. I bet Kid Rock's done both. He has not done both. Kid Rock's never played Bonnaroo. So the last thing I want to touch on history-wise is you guys know CMA Fest. You're here, you were just here for it. It was incredible. I don't, we didn't go to it, but I'm sure you had a great time. Um, but Bonnaroo coming up, they're, they're saying there's a resurgence in Bonnaroo right now because of what they're putting on and what they're doing. This was because in 2015, uh, AC and Superfly Productions, the two guys that were you know in apartments, what, 12 years earlier, um, sold... Bonnaroo to Live Nation. Most of you out there know Live Nation. Boo, bad guy, Live Nation charges way too much for tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, puts on suspect things and is a is a giant. You know, they sold it to the giant, right? So right. Um, the the irony on that is they bought it in 2015 for a hundred and twenty five million dollars, which doesn't seem like that much. I mean, did those dudes totally sell it though, or do they still own a portion of it, or like how does that work? Well, the crazy thing is they didn't even own the land. Um, right, Live Nation bought the land, so they were sold a hundred twenty five oh. million. They just sold a music for the name, so the name and. The Context location and, and yeah, all that operations stuff. Operations probably. Yeah. So the irony in that is they paid all that money. Live Nation, the the big guy, the very next year was the lowest attendance ever at Bonnaroo, and it'll go down as like one of the things that you know reshaped. Do it. you think that is because of the lineup, or do you think that is some sort of like pushback for selling out to such a major corporation, and people are like, "Fuck this, I don't want to go now." I don't remember it being that much of a pushback. I remember, like, I think ticket sales inc- or uh, the price of tickets increased. The way they operated their business changed a little bit. They weren't being as real, like, to where they're shipping you, uh, you know, a whole packet full of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, when you buy your yeah, ticket, yeah. that was the most exciting thing is to get your packet and it had everything in it, like, you know, armbands and bandanas and, you know, a CD, like with all the bands that were playing. And the ticket was like a big, like it was a collectible thing. Like, wasn't it, it was. like really intricately designed and stuff? I like, still have a, a couple of the, the, the first ones. Uh, actually, I have the first one. And then I uh, did not pay to get in for like the next five years because we got smart and realized back then you could just piece together armbands, right? You took some double-sided duct tape you walked up to everybody, you snipped off the edge of their armband that was like hanging over, and you just created your own armband. Damn. Yeah. We did that. I did that probably for, like I said, four or did five Did you learn years. that at public school or private school? <laughs> I learned that at public school. Or just, that's street smarts. I mean, come on. I'm going to jump a fence on the side of an interstate and walk in this massive field because you only needed an armband to get it in one little area. Like, you can party in the parking lot all weekend if you want to. Um, so... I, that's pretty public school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then they got smart on people doing that. I, you know, about five years afterward, put those little things, the sensors in, so yeah. you had to run through uh, kind of like a security thing. But anyway, I got a question for you guys. Shoot, can't wait. Why have you never been to Bonnaroo? I don't know. Uh, it's been here for 17 years. There's nobody I really want to see, man. And that is what I thought you would say. Are you going to tell me all my favorite bands have been there? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at all. I was going to say because Allison Chains has never played Bonnaroo. <clears throat> well, they're, they had some drug problems. Soundgarden has never played Bonnaroo. They, too, had, were broke up for a while. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. For the last 17 years, I've seen a Soundgarden concert. What about uh, Wu-Tang? Has Wu-Tang played? 
Wu-Tang has w- played one Bonnaroo. How many of them, though? I mean, it was yeah, like, it was three probably of like them. seven. Of I just them. saw Wu Tang last night. They were awesome, which is really crazy. Like, Wu Tang at the Ryman on the final day of CMA Fest. It's the how, biggest fuck you awesome to country that? music. Yeah, damn that. First is time a hip hop group has ever played at the Ryman, also, and it's Wu Tang. That's awesome. That is dope. Sorry okay, so what? Here's here's another question I want to ask because I know Allison Chains has never played Bonnaroo. No, no. And I keep going back to that band. Yeah. Is that the only one you like? Uh, yep, that's it. That's, yeah. So, <laughs> what would? attract either of you to go to Bonnaroo <clears throat> for me honestly it's the camping like I just have no desire to camp for four days in a place where there's like no trees and it's hot as fuck like I I, I love going to like voodoo fest or jazz fest where it's like you leave at the end of the day you go back to somewhere in the city and hang like out CMA or, like CMA fest I love but, CMA fest I guess no, it, wait. Uh, but <laughs> I like a festival that you can go to and then leave at the end of the day because I don't want to live in my own funk for four days, man. I'm just too like I'm not I'm not into camping. I'm not that outdoorsy. Like that's, that's not even outdoorsy. It's just well, it's no, just, it, yeah, it's just like I don't want to live in my sweat for four days. Exactly, yeah, because you're not just like out camping. You're you're getting but blitzed. you get you get paid ten dollars to go take a shower. Fuck I didn't off, know, that, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. To be honest with you, man, when I was younger, I have no idea why I didn't go. To be honest, I mean, it has everything I like. I like we were music. All there. I like. I know. I don't know why. I mean, I, I feel like, because I feel like I lived at a music festival in college, like <laughs> with a bunch of jam because, bands. Because of us? Yeah. I, I, it has everything I like. I don't, I, to be honest with you, I don't know. Was I drunk? I don't know. Okay. So to answer my question, <clears throat> what would it take to have you go to Bonnaroo? I'd, maybe if I could get in free. I don't have, I, back you when, you, back when you went, back when you went, you said it was $200 for that first ticket. And I'm thinking, dude, I remember I, I, I remember I couldn't afford rent sometimes. It's like, like what three fifty now or something for a weekend pass. It's True. about three hundred and fifty if you get the early tickets. I tell you what, I would go if we could do like the RV thing. If we if we could take an RV in there and have like some kind of place to crash, an air conditioning and an actual personal, I don't know bed. I, I, I think. Yeah. Or just space. Yeah, just personal space that's not a tent and there's like air conditioning. Honestly, like sure. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm t- I can't. I can't. I can do a festival all day into the night, as late as it get, you know, until midnight. But I just don't want to go back to a tent. You're right. It, it, not just going to bed in a tent, but waking up and all hung over and just like, oh fuck, man. Yeah, in and a it's tent. hot as it's hell hot in a like, tent oh, at like five thirty in the morning. Oh yeah, yeah. see, man, that, that's terrible it. Like, night's sleep. I can't do it, man. I'm too much of a diva. Yeah. So whether you are in. Whether you're departing Nashville or whether you're descending upon Nashville and Middle Tennessee, um, we hope you had a or got a great idea of of kind of our perspective between the two festivals. You know, I just wanted to tell a little bit of history, talk about some stats, some performances, you know, things that have happened at both, um, and try to figure out why these guys haven't been to either one of them because they're a blast, man. Mm. Um, CMA Fest is. CMA Less of a blast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you just left, thank you for spending all your money in Nashville. Um, it, I think I looked it up, man. Um, CMA Fest takes in, well, I think maybe it was last year, they took in $57 million into the city. It was like 
Wow. And economic five, impact. Yeah. That's great. And, and like $5 million in like taxes immediately generated like for the city or whatever. So, so keep coming. And thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for all that you do. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, because, you know, we, we touched a little bit, you know, more majority on Bonnaroo, you should come back and you should try it out. You know, I, we don't have fancy hotels, but they have fanny packs down there. And there is VIP camping and things like that you can do. Um, you're paying a little bit extra money. But to be, to be honest with you, the cost perspective is about the same. Because a ticket to Bonnaroo and a ticket to CMA Fest are about the same are at they? $350. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to Bonnaroo on Friday. There's a new way to do it. And old boy, you might this might be how you do it. Actually, both of you guys, if you want to spend the money, it's a little bit expensive. But you could take a shuttle from Nashville to Bonnaroo, departs at 3 p.m., and you get dropped off at the front gate of Bonnaroo, and it picks you up at 3 a.m. and brings you home. And I'm actually doing that this Friday. I'm excited to see Childish Gambino and Fish and Grizz has this super jam that's going to bring, you know, 30 people down there. Girl Talk's also playing, um, and I see, don't know anybody a, else. Yeah, Girl Talk is fun. I, was, I don't know. I saw Girl yeah. Talk at Forecastle Festival several years ago, and it's a great thing to see at a festival, but it's just like, that's have not going to draw me there. Have you seen Girl Talk at 2.30 in the morning? No. Uh, you're right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> have you? Yeah, maybe. The board game? <laughs> like your sister's room? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So uh, if you enjoyed CMA Fest, uh, thank you. Keep coming back. Uh, spend some money in our bars. Come down here. They're, the collaborations just only get better every year. And more of you come and drive more of us uh, to Madison. And um, if anybody, next, if you come down to CMA Fest next year and you just happen to stay in Hendersonville, it's a little bit further away. But um, check out the bar Hendy's. It's, it's, a, it's craft cocktails. I heard so, you have to have uh, a membership bar, to get into Hendy's. You have to you have to have a membership to get into Hendy's. There's a you do, a, but but they're they're accepting like all people really. I mean they they don't discriminate. It's just like one of those loopholes. Uh, right. I shouldn't say that. That's right, right, right. Every country, other but. Friday night they have you know a top fifty country act there. And they don't tell anybody. That's yeah, right. they. I don't know if we should brought, we should cut that out maybe. Uh, but yeah, definitely okay. check out Hendy's. It's it's up and coming. So if you're coming down here and going to Bonnaroo this week, we hope you kind of enjoyed a couple of our stories from that. Uh, a little yep. bit of the history on it. If you should have already known it, if not, you were like Fire Festival dumb for just coming out here without knowing what Bonnaroo is. Yeah. Because please take wear sunscreen and Jesus and drink lots of water. Water. A lot There's of water no and shade sunscreen. anywhere. We did stats on deaths, and and Juicebox said earlier. Oh yeah, there's been 13 deaths. There has there's only there was somebody that died last year, but there hadn't been any deaths. I think for the three years prior, but for the first nine years there was 11 deaths. So you know that's they See, weren't they didn't have a great track record starting off, but they've gotten better since the evil corporation took over. That's like a more a one point something deaths per That's year. Very, I was very yeah, close. 1.9. Yeah. 1. So 9. it's, it's well, take your yeah. drugs in moderation at either festival. Well, the crazy thing is like, yeah, yes, I agree with that. Um, but also, like, what, I think the person that died last year was, like, carbon monoxide poisoning because they fell asleep in their car with, like, the heat on or something like that. It was something weird like that. So Damn. it may have been a combination, but that that led to it. Like, they weren't prepared to camp, so they just got in their car, turned it on, fell asleep, died. Okay, mm. so that is scary on a personal level because oh, I think God. Bonnaroo 4, 5, and 6 for me were... 
I was sleeping in my car with the air conditioning on all night. Well, this is with the air conditioning on and something. This is the heat, so I don't know if there's something know. like yeah. I don't know if the heat is different if there's more. It is different get when, in your car or whatever. No, it, the heat's very different depending on the drugs you're on. No, but I don't think it was like the heat that killed him. It was like carbon monoxide or oh. some, something like from having it like exhaust was going into his car and like killed him that way. Gotcha. Do you understand? Well, we hope you've enjoyed another episode of Raising Nashville. As we go out talking about a death. Yeah, it's, as we go out talking about people dying. Um, don't die. Drink water. Take drugs in moderation. No and if you are if you just left CMA Fest, I hope you learned a lesson or two. Uh, be easy on that Jack Daniels. Yeah. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you don't have children... Have one. Have one. Catch up. Yeah. We want you to know what we go through. Yeah. The fear.